Hi, my turtle doves. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? How are you? Today is a Thursday. Thursday. Um, I believe it's December 9, 2021. I want to take a moment to just say thank you. Um, as soon as I post a podcast, there is one listener that listens. I don't know who you are. Um, and it's multiple listeners, but there's one that as soon as I post it within a matter of hours, you've already listened to it or tapped on it. So I just want to say thank you to whoever you are. You're beautiful. I pray that when you listen to my podcast, you learn something or something reaches your soul. And I pray that you're not in a place where you feel helpless or hopeless and that you just keep going and keep smiling and keep being the beautiful person that you are. I love you with all of the love that God placed inside of me. Um, So I just wanted to say that little tidbit, but I am here because the other day I was having a conversation and I recalled one night where, and if I get emotional, you know that I am an emotional person if you listen to my podcast before. So you know that sometimes I, I, I get caught up in the moment, whether it's a thankful moment or a, a remembrance. But I was thinking about my mom. And by this time, we had been evicted, lived in shelters, slept on parks, um, not had anything to eat. We had been through so much, so, so much. And um, there was a prophet that every time my mom saw him, he would prophesy to her that she was going to come into a large sum of money of $50,000. And her heart was set on that because I can only imagine the dreams that my mom had, the things that she would have done with those $50,000, the miracles that she would have made happen. I can only imagine the heart of a mother being promised that God was going to bless her with a certain thing. And that's a, that's a story for another time. (laughs) That's a story for another time. But At this point, my mom was in a place where she was crying all the time and um, she was single. There was no one helping her. I know that my uncle periodically would send her money from wherever he was, whatever state he was in at the time. But when we moved to um, this location, I remember what she told me. I remember the thoughts that she had in her head and the things that she was trying to escape and the people that she tried to leave behind just to have or show us something different and she cried and cried and cried I remember and one night she said I'm having my cup of coffee and if you don't know adding a little bit of cinnamon to your coffee works wonders no matter what flavor it is the cinnamon or a pinch of salt brings out all of the hazelnut and french vanilla goodness so (laughs) just so you know there's some cinnamon in my hazelnut coffee this morning but we were sitting at this point we were living in a efficient um it was a hotel um it was a hotel there was a stove there was a refrigerator and then there was the room with i believe two twin beds and a chair and there were five of us there were me my three younger brothers and my mom my two older brothers i'm not sure where they were at the time But my mom looked over at us and she said, you know what, maybe I'm doing this wrong.
maybe I'm praying on my own and maybe I need you all to pray with me. And it's making me emotional already. And she said that I've tried everything that I can. And I've done everything that I can possibly do. And she said, but I'm missing something. It's something that I'm missing. And she said, maybe I need y'all. So she said, I want everybody to grab a corner. Um, There was one chair over here, one chair over there, and then two beds. And then she was at the table. And so she said, I need everybody to grab a corner. I'm going to turn the lights off. And she said, I just need y'all to say thank you, Jesus, as I pray. And I need you to worship. And at that time, we didn't know. You know, we were laughing and it was funny to us. But when I, as I get older, I thought about what she was doing. The, the Bible says that, it says that we, we loose the bands of wickedness and undo heavy burdens and, you know, so on and so forth. But it says these these things come only by fasting and praying and that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and that when we utter in the spirit we're fighting in a war that we can't see and if you don't know anything about the bible or if you're skeptical about the bible what i'm saying doesn't resonate with you but when you pray when you fast when you speak in tongues even if you don't know how you can begin to open up your mouth and allow the holy spirit to speak for you but when you do those things you're fighting in a war that you can't see you're fighting in the spiritual realm so my mom wanted us to transcend from the physical situation into the spiritual situation of what we were going through and she wanted to call down from heaven all of the things that was stuck in the spiritual realm that was promised to her that the devil was telling her that she couldn't have that the devil was keeping her away from and i started to think about that thing and i said you know what there's a certain type of fight that you have to have to stay in this race there's a certain type of fight that you have to have to endure and as a parent you have to instill that fight in your child. Um, you can have the fight and not have the drive, meaning that you know how to fight. You know how to stay um, alive. You know how to get to a point where you don't have to struggle and beg, but then the drive that keeps you going, the drive that keeps you hopeful, that keeps you in faith, that keeps you going, that makes you want to get up in the morning and get your hair done and brush your teeth and put on clothes. There's a drive that makes you want to do it as opposed to just the fight, you know, where you're just fighting to stay alive or stay afloat. Um, so there's a certain type of fight that you have to instill in your children. And the reason I, I was thinking about it, and because right now it's the holiday season, um, a lot of people are feeling depressed because of a family member that they've lost that is no longer here, or maybe there's things that they want to do that they couldn't do. And then also the end of the year, you begin to, and, and th these are all man, the, the man, the man, <laughs> The man. I'm not a the man kind of girl. But when I say man, I mean like the government and things like that. They've created this timeline and it's a never ending cycle of 
we're waiting for the beginning of the year for taxes and then we're waiting for February for Valentine's Day and then we're waiting for 4th of July and then we're waiting for Thanksgiving we're waiting for Christmas and then that New Year's Eve day is when you recap what you did the entire year and you begin to look down on yourself and feel like you didn't accomplish all the things that you were supposed to and it's like a never-ending cycle of ups, downs, highs, and lows. And then at the end of the year, oh my God, I just didn't lose weight or I gained weight or I didn't do this and I didn't do that. So it's, and I don't know if it's the season. Um, I don't know if it's the season, but I was saying that and for, for me, and, and this is something that you would rarely hear me say is um, sometimes I feel like there's no hope for me. And when I when I say that there's no hope, I don't mean like all hope is lost. I might as well give up. I mean that I have been through some things and I have been damaged. And right now I'm on the road to not healing because I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I don't believe in healing from certain traumas. I believe in finding ways to cope with it and not allowing it to control your life because the impact sometimes is just so deep that you can't just 100% heal and let it go. There's no way to heal from a parent dying because how do you heal? The best way to heal from that is for the parent to come back and they're not. So now you're learning to cope with the fact that this parent is not here. So um, I may be wrong or you may disagree with me, but I'm in the process of recuperating um, in the process of trying to learn how to live in despite of my bruises and my scars and my limp leg that the, the thorn in my side, the depression and, um, the memories and the people who I feel should have been, you know, so on and so forth, trying to have personal accountability for my own emotions and, um, my future and not blaming the people from my past because that does not help you in your walk and in your future and in the things that you go through. So um, for me, I feel like certain things I've just been so damaged that I'm, I'm, it's a consistent thing where I'm healing. I mean, not healing, but I'm recuperating and then I'm hurting and then I'm healthy and then I'm gaining weight. And, you know, so it's just an up and down. And I guess that's just life in general. But for children, for children, parents, if you don't have that fight in you right now, or if you're learning the fight, please instill it in your child. Try to catch them before they get to the point where they're 36 and still in therapy and still wondering why they don't have childhood friends and still wondering why everybody just leaves them um, or wondering why people come around to hear their bad times, but in their good times, nobody's around. So I'm saying try to get that fight in your child. Try to show them how to pray, show them how to love themselves, how to have self-care and soul care. Self-care, making sure that they're if they're not 100% groomed all the time, that's okay. But as long as they look nice and presentable, clothes are ironed, hair is neat, um, they speak articulately, and they go out into public and they show up as themselves. They don't hide their sadness. They don't hide their happiness. They don't dim their own light so that someone else's light can shine and they don't make someone else feel small. Um, 
put that fight in them that they can have the soul care where when they feel like they're shutting down that they don't keep going just because the world needs them that they take a moment to reflect and pray and meditate and fast and sit before God um and and reason that I say sit before God is because I believe that everybody should know God a lot of people like to say about how the Bible is contradictory or it's the quote-unquote white man's Bible I do believe that the word has been perverted just a little bit and that's to fit the needs of someone else but if you think about it everything is perverted to fit the needs of someone someone will quote a scripture or quote a, a certain type of quote from a famous person and and use it to their advantage and it could probably not even mean what they're using it for so I believe that the the word has been watered down and perverted because remember that it wasn't written in English originally and it was translated. So things like slave, <laughs> you know, I think that those words were chosen strategically, you know, and placed in there. But that that's a also a story for another time. But I believe that everybody should know Jesus, should know God, should know the Holy Spirit, should know that God is the peace that passes all understanding and there's a joy that he can give you that no one can take away. So my 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 thing is, is that I don't, I want you to put that fight in your child. Because if you think about it, think about you as an adult. You've already gone through the age that they've been through. Women, you've had your period. Men, you've gone through puberty. And um, we've gone through the school times where we were talked about and picked on for our clothes. And we know what it's like to see our mom struggle. So you know what it's like. We're not born. <laughs> Jesus. You were not born with common sense. <laughs> You were not born with common sense. You had to learn that touching the stove will burn your hand, that falling sometimes will scrape your knee, that if you don't do good in school, you're going to get bad grades, that if you eat something that's too hot, it burns your mouth, that if you eat something too cold, it hurts your mouth. So you had to experience some things, right? And sometimes if a person told you that the stove was hot, you touched it anyway because you needed to see for yourselves. But we're not born with common sense. So saying things to your kids like that's just dumb or common sense would tell you common sense is learned it's not a given thing kids learn how to walk they don't and they learn common sense every they're, they're basically this little human from scratch it's like taking a cake and adding the eggs which would be walking and then adding the milk which would be common sense <laughs> you know they're learning themselves they're learning how to express themselves and talk so I'm, I'm just saying that kids are these little from scratch humans and I, and, and, and it's a, it's, it's all in the same thing. It's for you, um, the adult and it's for the child. You kids are these little from scratch humans. And I believe that as a parent, not now, now first, before you gave birth, it was your job to heal and, and I keep saying the word heal because it's been put in my head by society to heal. <laughs> and you think that at some point you're not going to be thinking about that thing that you went through and you're just going to be okay. It's, it, that's not how it works. It's a consistent struggle 
day to day to day to continuously be okay with something that happened or something someone did. So I take the word heal and I just, I want to get rid of that word. So it's your job as a parent to do all of the necessary things to cope and to be better. And then once you have a child now, it's no longer personal accountability you take away the word personal because it's not just about you anymore. It's about accountability, period. You need to be accountable for this child's feelings and this child's emotions and this child's growth and this child's learning. And you got to put that fight in them. That's 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 what that's it. You got to put that fight in them. And I saw that fight in my mom and I saw that when we received that three-day notice or we received that eviction letter, how we were packing the bags and she was doing it with tears in her eyes and her head held high with these children walking behind her that she didn't know what she was going to do from moment to moment or this daughter that she had that she had to send away because she didn't want her molested and she didn't want her to experience certain things and I saw that fight in her, but I also saw that she was tired. I saw that she was tired of fighting and I saw it, but I saw her do it anyway. One day we were sitting outside, yet again, homeless, sitting outside of a hotel that she had rented. Um, it was like a day hotel where we rented it by day. So at night we would go out and just do whatever throughout the day. And we were sitting there and... We were like, we waiting on the bus, mom? And she said, no, we're not waiting on the bus. We're just sitting here because I'm trying to think. And so we're just sitting on the bus stop. And she said, go over there and call 911 and tell them that your mom left you. And that you need them to come pick you up because your mom left you at the bus stop. Now, it's four kids that she has to worry. And so we kept saying, for real? You you serious? And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I can't do it no more. I just need y'all to go. And she said, just remember, I always love y'all and so on and so forth. So conflicted in our spirit. We listened because that's something that we did. We listened to our mom. So we were started to walk across the street. And she said, get over here. And we came and sat down. And she started to talk about how if I'm not here, who's going to take care of y'all? She said some other stuff, but that's... <laughs> she said something else, which, you know, I, I thought about it. And, um, she, well, I'll tell you what she said. My mom said, I thought about committing suicide. And then she said, I thought about it. That means that I would have to leave y'all here to be mistreated. And I would have to leave y'all here... To wonder if someone else would take care of you. So she said, I decided to commit suicide and then take y'all out too. And she talked about how she would take each of us out and who would go first. And then she said, but then I thought about it again. And she said, I'm not finna give up. She said, everything that I've been through to make it to this moment right now, you think I'm just going to take myself out and take my kids with me and ruin my chances and my children's chances of seeing the goodness of God on the, in the land of the living. When I tell you, when I was younger, when I was younger, that... When she said that to me when I was younger, I didn't understand it. But as an adult, that fight, it was that fight that, yes, I'm tired, but I'm going to fight. 
Yes, I'm tired, but I'm going to fight and I'm going to stay in this race because the race is not won by the swift or the strong, but by he who endures until the end. On April 9, 2004, my mom had a heart attack and she passed away. And I used to say, I don't want to be like her, but my mom had that fight in her and I thank her and I thank you, mom. I thank you, mommy, and I thank you, God, for giving me this mom, though it wasn't perfect, though we had our moments, though there, but, but there was a fight that she was trying to put inside of me, and I feel that fight. Every time that depression tells me no, and every time that stress and everything tells me that I can't keep going, and that I'm not going to make it, and that I'm not going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, I had to think about it. I had to think about it. Mom, I thank you. I thank you, Mommy, for the fight. I thank you for the fight. And I pray for the fight for anyone that listens to this podcast. I pray for that fight in you. And I pray for that fight. And I pray for that fight. And I pray for that fight. I keep saying it. I pray for that fight. In the name of Jesus, I declare and decree that that fight will be in you on you, around you, before you, and after you, and your family through your bloodline, your kids, your cousins, uncles, aunties, brothers, step-parents, even your friends, I declare and decree that that fight will be in you, around you, and it's just, Lord, that fight, it's something about that fight. So my turtle doves, if I can give you a challenge, if I can challenge you to do anything, I challenge you to declare war. I challenge you to find the fight, find the reason to fight, find the strength to fight. And I pray that you stay in the fight. This, we declare war. I declare war. And one last thing that I wanted to say, Moses was told that he would lead the Israelites to the promised land. He doubted himself, he doubted God, but he kept going. Once he, Moses didn't get a chance to see the promised land, but he led the Israelites and they were able to see the goodness and the promise of God. And it all started with one person. So even if the fight that you have doesn't manifest in your life, the hope is what keeps you going. But imagine the fight that you have and the race that you're running and the eulogy that you're living. Because when you when you die, nobody can tell the story like you can. So live your eulogy. Thank you, Minister Sean, for that 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 um that statement. Live your eulogy. Because sometimes the goodness and the glory of God is in the journey because it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Imagine making it to the place that you've been trying to get to and once you get there, it's not all it's cracked up to be, but you've missed all of the great moments in the journey. So what if the healing the healing here we go the recuperation and the therapy and the fasting and the praying that you're doing is not for you it's for your niece or it's for your nephew or it's for your brother your cousin your auntie your uncle to loose the bands of wickedness undo heavy um heavy burdens break generational curses and things like that what if it wasn't 
you were the beginning of it. What if you were the beginning and now your bloodline and everything that follows you is just going to be glorious and it's going to walk in a promise and in a purpose. And, you know, like just what if you can be that person that because of the way that you lived and the way that you believed and the way that you prayed that now they can breathe easy and not have to consistently battle certain emotions. What if? So my turtle doves, I love you with all of the love that God placed inside of me. I hope you have an amazing Thursday. And I hope that I said something that resonated with your spirit. I hope I said something that can help you in the long run. So we declare war. You got to have that fight. We need that fight. I love you.